Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. In Swahili, the word vitendo means action. And taking action is what Jeffrey Soyentet had in mind when he founded Vitendo for Africa in St. Louis 10 years ago. Action to help connect and empower African immigrants in Missouri. Action to preserve their culture. And we're joined today by Jeffrey Soyentet. He is the group's founder. He's also its executive director. Jeffrey, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate it. So you came to St. Louis after attending college in Nairobi, Kenya. What brought you to the U.S., and and what made you decide on St. Louis? Uh, Yeah. Uh, When I came, I came to St. Louis uh, through a program called DV Lottery uh, Visa. Mm -hmm. And I think when I was back in Kenya, my mom used to tell me I've always wanted to go to the United States. Hmm. And uh, I had a friend who happened to uh, have completely graduated a year before me, and he introduced me to the program. So I applied, and uh, uh, after the applic- I applied, I won the green card, and uh, uh, he actually offered to host me. Okay. So, yeah, that's how I came to St. Louis, and uh, I love St. Louis. Because he was living in St. Louis, and he was your host, that meant this was the place for you to get started and sort of get your footing in this country. Is that right? Exactly, exactly. So what was it like being a new immigrant in a place where so many people are native-born? I feel like when you arrived, which was back quite a few years ago at this point, that was even more true of the St. Louis population. So many people are from here and have always lived here. Was it hard to get your footing? Yeah, I'll say it was a big challenge, actually. Uh, and, and I think uh, I've always told my people that, uh, many people that uh, I, I, when I grew up, I thought I was speaking English until I came to St. Louis, because uh, we speak British English. But <laughs> when I came to St. Louis, that's when I realized uh, my English is not the English that Americans know. Mm-hmm. And I really had a try- challenge, and I always tell people one of the biggest challenges when you go to a McDonald's and you're ordering uh, placing your order uh, on the drive-through, and you you're stuck there for for hours trying to explain to them what you're trying to say. So it was a big challenge uh, in terms of uh, sharing. Uh, I mean the cultural difference, mm-hmm. uh, language barrier. Uh, I mean the, the the things that were really, and I think every, it applies to every immigrant who actually is uh, in, coming from a different background. You experience so many challenges. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not easy. It's not like there's an instruction manual. I mean, did you feel like there were people to sort of help you figure out how to be an American? Or were you just kind of guessing as you went? I I wish I had had that opportunity to be prepared even before I came. Mm -hmm. But also even when I came uh, in St. Louis, I wish I had uh, an orientation, somebody to sit down to me and tell me, this is exactly what you're going to face and this is how you're going to deal with. And unfortunately, I think in the process, most of the thing, even the people that I talk to, they kind of, it's just, just like you learn through the process. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's when I was thinking of, if, if there should be a better way. I don't, I don't want anybody to go through what I went through, trying to figure out and navigate the system, where else I have some information that we can be able to put together and help those people who are coming uh, after us that they can be able to make life, we can make their life easy and, and smooth uh, transition 
other than just having to go through the struggle that uh, we went through. So I understand that Vitendo for Africa, it came out of that thought. You wanted to sort of help people figure out, hey, here's how to get settled in this in this strange place. So what are some of the specific ways that the organization tries to do that? Yeah, um, I, I, like I said, uh, yeah, Vitendo for Africa actually was born out of my experience uh, when I came to St. Louis as a new immigrant. And, and I think, uh, like I mentioned, we I went through challenges trying to figure out where, where I mean, where do you get a job, how do you apply. I came with a uh, resume that we call it in Africa CV. It's drafted differently from the way the Americans would draft their resume. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, if you apply with that kind of a uh, resume, actually, it, you're likely to get the rejection because it doesn't actually reflect what the recruiter or the employer is looking for. And uh, after going through those uh, challenges and and even trying to figure out how do I do present myself for interview, how do I present myself to share my experiences, uh, especially if you're coming from outside the country, not many employers want to know about your experiences. They want to know your American experience, which most of us, when you're new, you don't have it. Um, so I, I, the idea of uh, Vitendo came out of that, and I thought every time that I, we talked to people, they would tell you the challenges, the same thing they went through. And we wanted to figure out, is there a better way that we can make it easy for them? Mm-hmm. In a way, when they come in, this, when somebody is coming in, can we also try to find out if it, before even they come, we can be able to send them some, a, a draft manual that we have drafted. And when they come in, we're able to have some orientation class that will walk them through on the basic things that they need to know to help them actually understand where to begin and to get an easy way to transition. Because there are so many things that people make, we make an assumption that you should know. Mm-hmm. But we have actually realized uh, they're not that best. They're not very uh, normal for mm-hmm. everybody who is actually from coming from a different country. So we walk them through those things. <clears throat> uh, 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 brief explaining to them what you need to do if you're driving, if you're stopped, what you're supposed to do. Uh, if you're applying for a job, this is the way to do, this is where to start. If you're going for an interview, this is how you present yourself. Um, and, and also connecting them to different resources because basically if you're very new in the country and you have no idea where to get your, where to, how do you open a, an account? Mm-hmm. If you ask an American, they'll tell you, yeah, I just go to the bank. Uh, but you come into a country where somebody is coming from a refugee camp, coming from a village where they had not ex- been exposed to such uh, uh, opportunity. So we walk them through that, and now we also now connect them with different resources that are available for the immigrant community. Boy, that just sounds like such important work for people just trying to get their bearings. You mentioned these orientations um, that you give. Do you have any sense of how many people have gone through that uh through that process with, with your organization? Uh, I, I think since we started, I would say we have almost uh, 2,000 people that have gone through the, 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 the training. Wow. Uh, and also the, the trade is ongoing because you, you have the basic information that you have, but also you've been here for a while, mm-hmm. and maybe you've never had an opportunity to learn some of those. Because as you, as you live for... A, period of time other things comes by and you like now we're talking about the COVID-19 it doesn't matter where you've been here for a long time it doesn't matter whether you're new 
you still need some of those information that uh, that are not able to reach the immigrant community because of maybe the language barrier, the cultural barrier. Mm-hmm. So those could, uh, the, the training is actually, I would say, most of them are ongoing, and, and, and we do that all the time. Boy, that's great. And we did get a ton of emails and um, other correspondence from people who say that your organization has helped them. You certainly have a very devoted wow. following. Yeah. I want to read wow. one of these because I think this is just such a lovely email. Um, wow. Sally writes, I am a current freshman at St. Louis University. I moved to the U.S. in 2014. And since then, Vitendo for Africa has played a significant role in my life. This nonprofit organization aided my family and I in the preceding days after we arrived in a foreign country. They helped welcome, connect, as well as offer necessary resources. From then on, the organization aided in my high school journey in numerous ways, from the free ACT prep, mentorship programs, summer internships, job opportunities, to overall college readiness. Furthermore, the organization has provided me with a platform to build my leadership and public speaking skills as a recent immigrant, as well as an opportunity to give back to the immigrant community through service. Through Vitendo, I have been able to expand my networking, get access to various resources, as well as develop and initiate programs in the organization like the Student Ambassador Program. Vitendo for Africa has played a significant role in my life and has fostered my growth to become the person I am today. The organization has been extremely supportive even now in my college journey. I would like to thank and appreciate Jeffrey for all he has done for me and the community. Forever grateful. That is quite a rave review there, Jeffrey. That melts my heart. uh. That is so nice. (laughs) And and we did receive a number of these. And if we have time, I'll I'll maybe play more. But I do want to bring in another person into this conversation because last week, uh, Vitendo for Africa got a close look in a Riverfront Times cover story. And that came from journalist Mike Fitzgerald, who looked at your history and the work you've done and also what we can learn from your members during this pandemic. And he joins us today to discuss all that. So Mike Fitzgerald, welcome to the show. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? So, Mike, this group has been doing such great work, but it's really not out there promoting itself with a fancy public relations campaign. How did they even get on your radar? Well, uh, interestingly, um, I heard about them from my sister-in-law, Louise Bradshaw, who's the education director at the zoo. And for some while, uh, Louise has been serving as an advisor and mentor to Jeffrey and other members of Nintendo and setting up the uh, North Campus Project at the zoo is undertaken. It's uh, uh, near the confluence of the Missouri and Mississippi rivers in uh, Spanish Lake. Mm-hmm. It's a very ambitious project that will provide a safari-like um, experience for visitors, as well as do important work, scientific work on uh, animal conservation. And uh, so I first heard about that, and uh, I was really intrigued. It's it's a unique collaboration. There's nothing like it, uh, as far as I know, in the, in the United States. And so it sounds like just an amazing project. I I wanted to find out more about it. And your story is so great. I want to make sure people check this out. It's at riverfronttimes.com. And the author is is Mike Fitzgerald. Um, And this partnership with the zoo is is so fascinating. Jeffrey, tell us about how this came about that you began working with the zoo so closely. Yeah, uh, it's very interesting. And I actually would like to thank Mike for that good coverage. Uh, like I say, you said, we, we, not many people have known about what we do, but I think uh, I like the way he was able to uh, share it out. So uh, one of the things we do also when we work with our immigrants is actually to help them understand what it is to be an ambassador. Wherever you go, we want them to, even when we do the orientation, we want to, to, to we try to encourage them to be ambassadors for other people who come after them. 
Mm-hmm. So when we were doing, we would do that. We had uh, we have a mentorship program, and I'm glad I was so that story from Sally. It really melts my heart. So we have a mentorship program. In one of the mentorship program, one of the mentors is, in the program is David Gedenji. So he got a job with um, uh, St. Louis uh, Zoo, and uh, when he was there, he actually saw great opportunities for our young kids and the youth to be able to but uh, to take advantage of some of the programs that are offered there. Mm. And when he came back and he shared all those stuff that he, the information that was there, that he came up with a big, I think it was during summertime, there was a summer camp uh, programs that were coming up. And he presented to our board, and we were like, this is what we're looking for. This is what we need for our kids. Mm. Because in the program, the mentorship program, we try to expose them to different resources that are available and, and, and through those resources we've had great great outcomes and when he presented the the, the, the talk we reached out to the zoo um, we started now looking for ways the first thing we did we had a mentorship meeting there we had almost 55 kids and I mean youth participating in the program Wow they took us around the zoo most of them that was their first time to go to the zoo. And I think we just connected, and I think from there, the rest is history. That's wonderful. And Mike, I know um, you also got the zoo's perspective on this. What did, what did the Vitendo for Africa um, kids and, and community members bring to bring to this partnership from their point of view? Well, it's, you know, it's on a couple levels. Number one, it's a very practical um, thing in terms of providing jobs and outreach to the community for this immigrant group. But there's also a deep uh, spiritual connection too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a this connects them to um, you know their past in Africa. And this project also represents their future as well. So it's a it's a deeply symbolic uh, undertaking, and uh, it, it's 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 a huge win win for everyone involved. Yeah, it seems like such a cool partnership. And, and you mentioned the spiritual aspect, and we did also want to talk about that. Um, in connection with what's going on with the coronavirus pandemic, I know that was part of what you looked at in your story is, is just how is this group doing in this fraught moment in time? And you talked to Pastor Paul Mucharia. He's the minister at Christ Covenant Church. He's been there since 2001. He's serving uh, many of his fellow African immigrants. And he talked to our producer yesterday about how they're handling all this. And he explained that to maintain social distancing, the church has been utilizing WhatsApp, Facebook Live, Zoom, and YouTube. They hope prayer lines where people can pray together, talk, and even sing together virtually. But he says the congregation in many ways still feels isolated. There's a sense of a very big gap, regardless of whether people are watching from home or they are listening or tuning up from home. Uh, There's still a sense of disconnection and a sense of uh, being isolated from each other. So it's it's difficult. It's very difficult, and and a new uh, what you call the new normal, which we are getting used to. But even hearing from many people, they can't wait to get back and fellowship together and share things together and hug each other and shake hands with each other and even socialize and talk. 
And that was Pastor Paul Mucharia. He says another hardship for the church is losing congregation members to COVID-19 and trying to care for others who are fighting the illness. He said that the church has hosted several funerals since the pandemic started. And in fact, uh, Pastor Paul is presiding over a funeral at this very hour today. One month, we had a few quite uh, funerals. And of course, a few people... Uh, turning positive with the COVID-19. Church members not able to go to see them, not able to supply to them. Uh, So so, uh, we have been uh, hard hit. uh, uh, This session, it it has been tough, uh, extremely tough. uh, But all we can do is to pray. And even those funerals, you know, you cannot be allowed to go there more than eight people and so uh you know in a, in a, in a in an area of more than 8000 Kenyans and you can even have 10 people gather together to bury one of their own um it has been tough and that was Pastor Paul Mucharia of uh, Christ Covenant Church. Um, Jeffrey, for your work and, and the connections you have with the African immigrants in this St. Louis area, what have been some of the ways they've been hardest hit by this pandemic? Uh, I think, uh, like Pastor Paul shared, actually, is that uh, we, we, we've had a couple of cases, actually, in the community, mm-hmm. uh, people uh, getting sick, uh, turning positive, and even losing some members. Uh, people are actually losing jobs. Uh, people who are also in trucking, we've had a couple of them. I have a group of uh, people in the trucking that have actually not been on the road for a while. Uh, and that's the other thing also that also to mention is that uh, immigrants actually, they are, they, they, they are the most, uh, the, the nature of the jobs that they do, most of them are in healthcare, the nurses, the doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, others are actually the drivers, and uh, others who are actually in the grocery stores as as uh, as, a, as a staff there. So they're interacting a lot with uh, public, mm-hmm. and uh, that has been a big challenge because that's how they're more prone to be uh, to be exposed to the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like Pastor Paul says, with that now, by the nature of African community, we know when when somebody is sick, somebody is, has been bereaved, we show up with love. We show there to support and comfort them. Uh, the other thing now, you cannot, with the current situation, you cannot be able to be with them. Even mm-hmm. now with the, the thing that is happening, this coronavirus is, is actually in Africa. We're so much worried about the if how much impact it will have in Africa, the fact that we are not that much well equipped. We can't even go if we lose some loved ones. You can travel to bury them. I mean, it's a big uh, stress, emotional stress uh, to many families uh, mm-hmm. uh, right now. And even when you talk about the students, the kids now at home yeah. are working so much. They're working overnight. They come home. The kids have a lot of work to do. School work to do, Zoom meetings, and parents actually may not even understand some of the education system that is that the kids decide now. They need their participation, mm-hmm. but they are not very much involved. 
Yeah, these are such stressful times for parents and, and as you say, for everyone, especially for people with loved ones far away they, they now can't deal with. And yet there was a note of hope in your story, Mike. I know you came into this story because you were very concerned about how this community was doing and they're dealing with some big challenges here. But you also came away with an impression that, that maybe we could learn something from them. Um, how so? Well, um, yeah, I mean, just to set the backstory for this, I mean, I, for some time I've been feeling, you know, uh, just pessimistic about where we're going as a nation. Mm-hmm. And even before the uh, pandemic and the economic crisis we're in, I mean, there's we're, we're going through some upsetting times. We're uh, going down, down a dark road in our country's history, unfortunately, with the leadership from the White House, especially the uh, animus against immigrants, which I found deeply disconcerting since we are a nation of immigrants. And the thing is, I wanted to find a reason for hope. I wanted to find the key to the resilience that Jeffrey and the other members of Nintendo display. And be, and, and the thing about them is these immigrants, they are the best of us. Mm-hmm. And instead of, you know, the people who support the attacks on immigrants don't understand that immigrants are our future because not just not because they bring money or certain skills, but because they bring optimism, they bring grit, they bring resilience. And these are all things that we native-born people need to know now in the greatest crisis of our lifetimes. We've never been through something like this before. And we could learn from these immigrants how to get through. And it's all about community. It's all about having optimism for the future. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to someone like Jeffrey, you, you sense that. And it's tremendously gratifying to talk to Jeffrey and learn about their work. Because that's the only way we're going to get through this crisis. And it's by, being, by working together. Yeah. And Mike, that's actually just a a perfect note to end on. So I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Thank you for for making the time. Oh, thank you for having me. And I want to encourage people to read Mike's story. That's at RiverfrontTimes.com. And Jeffrey Soyent, uh, the founder and executive director of Vitendo for Africa, um, I want to thank you for making the time to join us today. And and thank you for all the work you're doing with this community. No, we also thank you for inviting me to be on there, to be part of this. Yeah, and it's great to hear from so many people who've been touched by your work. So we're glad we could share just a little bit of that today. So thank you. Oh, great. I would love to to hear that. I would love to get some of those. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I will send them to you. You deserve to read these. So (laughs) it's it's very touching to hear some of those stories. And those are the things that help that makes us even to be willing to be able to continue to do what we do. Well, we uh, we hope you'll be able to keep that work up, and um, and we wish you the best going forward. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.